a stand. It isn't now, but it was. 2006 was the height of the stand years. I was called Stan by Mater D's at the finest restaurants. I was called Stan by concierges at the finest hotels. I was called Stan by the finest women, often in exotic foreign accents. Stan, they cried as they shuddered to climax. Sten, Stan, Stan. All permutations were acceptable. I rarely corrected a woman's pronunciation mid-orgasm. But, sick transit Gloria, glory fades, and by 2007, Stan had lost its luster. I was called Stan by waitresses at Waffle House. I was called Stan by desk clerks at pay-by-the-hour motels. I was called Stan by debt collectors, repo men, tax auditors, paternity lawyers, foreclosure servers. I was called pork pie by a homeless woman who mistook me for a man who had stolen and eaten her shoes. This was how badly my glory had faded. But I was born a stan, not a quitter, so I filed the necessary paperwork with my clerk of court, and a month later, I was Jim. Stan had had a good run, but the time had come to shift gears. The modern era presented a unique set of challenges that I felt could better be addressed as a gym. And indeed, they were. Within weeks, I was called Jim by hostesses at Red Lobster and Outback Steakhouse. I was called Jim by desk agents at the Good Holiday Inn, not the one by the airport where those four-year-olds drowned. I had Jim embossed on major credit cards. I had Jim printed on elegant stationery. I had Jim embroidered on the waistband of relaxed fit khakis purchased at 25% off from the Gap. Life as Jim was good, but it wasn't Stan good. I'd enjoy a bloomin' onion at Outback Steakhouse and think, sure, this bloomin' onion is tasty, but as Stan, I wouldn't have been blown off when I demanded that the onion be cultivated, shipped, purchased, and prepared by actual Australians. I'd enjoy the lobster at Red Lobster and think, sure, this lobster is decent, but as Stan, I wouldn't have been refused the privilege to personally witness the lobster's death. I'd make love to a woman and think, sure, this lovemaking is pretty nice, but as Stan, I would have been making love to a woman ten times prettier, and I wouldn't have had to take her to eat, pray, love beforehand, and her accent wouldn't have been so irritating that it compelled me to correct her mispronunciation of Jim during sexual climax. But there was no going back. The Stan magic was gone. My only hope for reascension was reinvention. And so I surrendered Jim to the clerk of court and three weeks later re-emerged as Favio. Favio, I felt, was the anti-Jim. As Jim, I would never have worn diamond-studded earrings, but as Favio, I did. As Jim, I would never have bought a vanity license plate that said El Guapo, but as Favio, I did. As Jim, I would never have unbuttoned the top four buttons of my work shirt and reported to Diane and HR with a fresh rose clenched between my teeth. But as Favio, I did. But Favio had its price. A $15 annual fee for the vanity license plate, for one. Flamenco guitar calluses. Sword fights with romantic rivals. 
sexual harassment complaints from Diane in HR, multiple drug-resistant strains of gonorrhea. And so I returned to the clerk of court and became the anti-Favio, Archduke Thaddeus Kensington Saxonbury-by-the-Sea III. Dignity, temperance, wisdom, integrity, these royal virtues would guide my path. But, as it turns out, paying the $200 filing fee to call yourself Archduke does not make you an actual Archduke. As it turns out, signing Archduke on your credit card receipts does not make your favorite lap dancer at bare necessities an Archduchess. And so, distraught, I embarked on a name-changing binge. I read Moby Dick and called myself Ishmael. I heard Steely Dan on the radio and called myself Deacon Blues. I changed my name to Bruce Springsteen and people said, are you THE Bruce Springsteen? And I said, no, I'm just A Bruce Springsteen. But nothing worked. Each new name brought new disappointment, new misery, new folly. Shakespeare said, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. But I changed my name to Shakespeare, and the next day I lost the tip of my left index finger when I slammed it in a car door. I started forgetting who I was. I'd answer to every name, or no name. I'd sit in a Panera Bread and listen to an employee announce which customer's orders were ready, and each name brought with it a fresh existential crisis. Was this me? Who was this? Who am I? And sometimes the Panera employee would say, Stan, and for a brief moment I'd brighten and think, Yes, of course, that's me, Stan. But then I'd realize, this is not my iced chai tea latte. This is not my chipotle chicken panini. This is not my strawberry granola parfait. The Stan years are over. Bobby's a Brewski, Whit Goldstein, 
Freddy the Swede. Freddy the who? Sweet. Sneaky son of a bitch. Want 20 million in punitive damages for some dumbass emperor duped to the buying invisible clothes. 20 million? Fraud, breach of contract, mental anguish, public humiliation. Wow. Yep, slimy as a sheep frog. For sharp? 20 million. That's just. Yeah, little guy's gonna hire the Swede for sure. So, uh, how are you and Petey doing that list of names? Joseph. No. Joey. No. Jose. No. Yusuf. No. Giuseppe. No. Joe. No. Jojo. Whipping cream. 
I want to sensuously lick the whipping cream off your lips, your neck, your breasts, your navel, your quivering inner thigh. I want to then cover your body with whole grains, fruit, mixed vegetables, cheese, dry beans, and poultry, which I will erotically devour off your trembling flesh, because whipping cream by itself is not a balanced meal. Girl, I want to cover your body with post-it notes. On some of the post-it notes, I will write myself sexy reminders, lavish her skin with caresses, for instance, or trace her areola with your tongue, or nibble seductively on her ear. And on other post-it notes, I will write myself reminders such as pay the cable bill, and take the trash out, and email the quarterly projected earnings to Mr. Peterson, because otherwise I would become so consumed with our passionate, no-holds-barred lovemaking that I would forget to perform my necessary domestic and professional tasks. Girl, I want to satisfy your every desire. I want to fulfill your every fantasy. I want to become a notary public and sign legally binding affidavits on your erogenous zones. Girl, I want to take down your contact information and enter you in online contests because you could possibly win a plasma flat screen TV. I want to watch instructional videos on tantric lovemaking on the plasma flat screen TV so that we can achieve even more unimaginable explosions of pleasure and afterwards we can watch the news or a movie or college basketball or reruns of two and a half men whatever happens to be on at the time girl the time for waiting is over the time for kissing me on the cheek and saying you'll call me and driving away in your mazda cx9 it is over too i want to make love to you i want to make love to you in every position missionary cowgirl lotus splitting of a bamboo congress of the crow i want to invent a sexual position called pt barnum in which the man stands on stilts and penetrates from behind a woman riding a unicycle i do not want to perform pt barnum with you because my balance isn't good and i might seriously injure myself I want to merely describe P.T. Barnum to you as we make love in a more comfortable and reasonable position. Girl, the time for games is over. The time for ignoring my emails and disregarding my letters and blocking my calls, it is over too. I want to make love to you. Maybe you already guessed his name? What do you mean? Say his name is Stamp. And you 
say Stan? What's the stopping from saying no? Stan. Stan, have I tried that one well, yet? you see what I'm saying, right? Unless we want to risk him fleecing us, stringing us along, there needs to be some third-party oversight. Some outside verification. The little guy ain't going to cotton to that. We arbitrate maybe he cottons. He ain't going to cotton. You're being negative again. Oh, for Christ. I understand, Angel. I understand your negativity. All you've been hearing lately is no, 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 no. But it only takes one yes. One. Remember that. Oh, Tom, you're so goddamn sappy. Come here. Oh, Tom. You know, come to think of it, I haven't tried Stan yet. Or Stanley. Or what else? Stanton, Stanwood, Stander, Stanislaus, Stanford. Stanford. That's a... Also Stanford, Stanford, Stanfield, Stansfield. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hey, that's a good one. Write that one down. Godfrey? No. Godwin? No. Goddard? No. Godthab? No. Goda? No. Godet? No. Godot? records. 
found some real good ones too. Such as? Llewellyn, Riguadon, Aomakua, Lena, Lena, Shomawada, Chakawewa, Cataway. We're never gonna guess that little bastard's name. Richard? No. Richard Jr. No. Richard Sr. No. Richard the first? No. Richard the second? No. Richard the third? No. Richard, the all integers greater than or equal to four. buffers, I have been contemplating my own death. I am only 26 years old, but given that death is so often sudden and unexpected, I find that now is as prudent a time as any to brace for my exit from this mortal coil. We all have to go sooner or later. There's no harm in being prepared. Obviously, a chief concern in regards to my inescapable demise is my legacy. 100, 200, 300 years from now, will my name live on? Will it be immortalized in poetry, in prose, in required middle school textbooks, in song? Or will it be forgotten? Will the names of my friends, my family, all whom I love, likewise be forgotten, our existence unacknowledged, our toils, troubles, turmoil, for naught, because, let's face it, most of us will never be a Beethoven, an Amelia Earhart, a Warren G. Harding, a Daryl Strawberry, most of us will just be a meaningless name on a simple gravestone, no one decorates with flowers, no one moistens with their tears, no one comes to see. But get your name on a street sign, and oh boy, my friend, you've got it made. How can you be forgotten when your name is scrawled on millions of mailed envelopes, typed on millions of pages of paperwork, googled and re-googled by millions of inquisitive souls seeking nearby retail locations and easy-to-follow driving directions. Ponce de Leon may have never achieved immortality via fountain, but he did via street sign. Ponce de Leon Boulevard, Ponce de Leon Terrace, Ponce de Leon Avenue, Ponce de Leon Road. Here in Coral Gables, Ponce de Leon lives on as both a boulevard and a road, although his road only exists for about 10 blocks before it suddenly becomes Maynada Street, which is also the same thing as Southwest 49th Avenue. It's very confusing. I say, give the man the entire road. It's what he would have wanted, Coral Gables. He was a conquistador. 
Unfortunately, municipalities don't name street signs after just anyone. They only name them after people who are important. And who do cities think are important? Well, for one, people who found cities. Like, they're so great. 200 years ago, any goofus with some oxen and a little manifest destiny could set out in a wagon, reach some bluff or valley or plateau without any white people, wave his hands in the air, and say, Akron. And just like that, he's founded a city. Think you can do the same thing today? Think again. Now there's so much more paperwork. So, here's where I tell you how to become important, right? Wrong. Whoever said streets had to be named after important people, probably an important person. Favoritism. What I propose is that our streets, boulevards, roads, terraces, avenues, drives, circles, squares, courts, ways, centers, and places memorialize not just the elite, but the common man. And of course, the common woman. Would this be so wrong? It wouldn't even need to be the whole street. All I'm asking for is a few blocks. A cop gets brutally slain in the line of duty, and it's inevitable that a quarter mile of some avenue or road gets named Officer So-and-So Way. And that's fine. That's the way it should be. But what about his partner, who diligently serves his precinct for 35 years, retires, and dies peacefully in his sleep? Where is his boulevard, his landing, his loop, his motorway, his extension? Where is this man's place? It's not like I'm expecting a major thoroughfare. A small frontage road near a strip mall would be fine. I just don't want to be forgotten. And what chance do I have of founding a city, of winning a senate seat, of routing British naval forces in the Battle of Lake Erie, of guiding an NFL franchise to a league record 347 wins? Not a good one. What does that make me worthless? Does that mean I'm destined for irrelevance? Should that automatically disqualify my name from ever appearing on a street corner, on a highway exit sign, above a controlled intersection? Miami-Dade County Public Works Department, we live in America, a nation founded upon the belief that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thomas Jefferson, the man who articulated this belief in the Declaration of Independence, has probably tens of thousands of streets named after him. Would it really hurt to name one of those streets after me? I'm going to die. There's no sugarcoating it. I'm going to die, and in 100, 200, 300 years, no one will remember I was ever born. But maybe, just maybe, in the year 2250, a family moves into their new home on Gajewski Street, or a philanderer meets his mistress on Gajewski Court, or a news anchor mentions a deadly hover-by lasering on Gajewski Lane, and one of them wonders, hey, 
So, who was this Gajewski? And they'll Google Gajewski, and a Gajewski far more famous and successful than me will pop up. And they'll think, ah, so that's Gajewski. And then they'll Google a favorite celebrity, or funny cat videos, or free porn. But maybe one of them keeps paging through the Google search results. He or she discovers less famous Gajewskis. An optometrist Gajewski, a high school football coach Gajewski, a Gajewski who blogs about humorously shaped supermarket produce, a Gajewski who writes scathing customer reviews of home appliances on Amazon.com, and maybe one of them discovers me, little unspectacular non-city founding me, and maybe in this way I we live on. Sincerely, Matt Gajewski. Who threatens to kill some poor peasant? 
peasant girl because her daddy's a liar, right? Talk about cruel and unusual. And then, better yet, after she turns him a massive prophet with his excess straw, thinks to himself, hey, this chick not so bad after all. Maybe I should ask her to marry me. I'll bet she'll have no hard feelings about me locking her up in a musty cellar for three straight days and putting the hangman on call for execution. But you did marry him. Right, I thought I just explained. Angel, come here. They say men are logical. Women are illogical. Yeah, right. And as for the little guy, okay, if he asked me to screw him, that I could understand, but he asked me for my firstborn child, and he knows I have to say yes? The king's gonna kill me! What else can I say? And then this whole name thing? I'll bet it ends up being a complete cop-out, like his name is an unpronounceable symbol or something, or it has an accented vowel I didn't quite emphasize quite right. God, I could just kill that little- B thinks his name starts with R. Said he saw him outside the gruel brew. The little guy. Tanked! Kept muttering to himself, kept referring to himself in the third person. Petey swears it was him. Says the little guy called himself the R-Dog. The R-Dog? You know, like someone's name is Sam and all his friends call him the S-Man. Or a guy's name is Polonius and all his pals call him Master Pete. And Petey is sure that it was the little guy. He's positive. Said the little guy was like, R-Dog's on the prowl. R-Dog's gonna get him some tail. Ladies, watch out for the R-Dog. He was just hanging out in front of Gruel and Brew? Apparently. Security kicked him out. B said the odd dog got pretty lewd by around 9:30. I mean, with his body mass, one ale's gotta just the R dog, huh? I think we could guess it. By the end of day three, P is compiling all the R names he can think of as we speak. Real trooper, Beady, hasn't slept since Thursday. Reggie, Ricky, Raymond, maybe? He doesn't really look like a Raymond. We got this, Angel. We got this, SOB. R dogs on the prowl. Ladies, watch out for the R dog. Riley? No. Ramsay? No. Randy? No. Randall? No. Raymond? No. Rainer? No. Rashawn? No. Ray? No. Ray Ray? Riding on a guest, it's making me I just, I just feel crazy. But he's got some good leaves, I'm sure by morning. It's just so, what's the word? Arbitrary. That's how life is, right? This one's poor, that one's rich. This one lives, that one dies. This one loves you, that Why one. Why don't you get some sleep? You gotta be exhausted. By morning, trust me, everything. I'm guessing, I wanna know, you know? You've done all you can. Petey and I. I remember thinking when I was a little girl that there was a reason for everything, in order, that everything could be explained. I'd ask my daddy what thunder was, and he'd say, It's the angels bowling. I'd ask him where rain came from, and he'd say, It's the angels crying. Everything I asked, he answered. But then I got older, and I realized my daddy didn't know his ass from his elbow. He didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. For years, I had imagined the angels up in heaven weeping every time they failed to convert a spare or bull strike. And then, one day, it dawned on me. That makes absolutely no sense. None. Bawling, bowling angels? Yeah, right. And soon enough, upon further review, everything else my daddy told me fell apart. As well as everything my friends told me. My daddy's friends told me, my neighbors, the nuns, the vicars. I finally realized almost everything everyone says makes no sense. Almost everything everyone does makes 
sons. Read the magazines. Kissing the Right Frog. 20 tips on finding Prince Charming. Cinderella's Dark Secret Exposed. Coachman is Rat. Coach is Pumpkin. Don't eat that house. Hansel and Gretel's Can't Miss Consumer Report. We live in a world composed of senselessness. And what if I do guess it? Huh? What happens then? Meaning what? You and me. Randolph. No. Randwolf. No. Roggenvelder. No. Rashislaw. No. Ramakrishna. No. Raskolnikov. No. Rumpelstiltskin. No. Royal. No. Romulus. No. Rabelais. No. Rainbow. In the future, I will treat you good. I will cook for you. I will clean for you. I will scrape, scrub, sweep, swiffer, scour. I will hold open doors. I will clear obstructed paths. I will carry heavy burdens. I will follow directions carefully. I will speak in pleasant tones. In the future, I will not fail you, I will not trouble you, will not disturb you, will not disappoint you. I will not forget important dates, important tasks, your instructions, your parents' names, your food allergies. I will not carry open containers into the supermarket. I will not vomit on your favorite pair of shoes. In the future, I will be respected in my field. In the future, I will inhabit a field in which to be respected. I will pay less successful men to shine my shoes in subways and airports and will tip them slightly more than is expected. I will admire classical music and painting. I will be gentle with infants and domesticated animals. In the future, I will not displease you. I will not aggravate you, will not antagonize you, will not challenge you. I will not argue about politics, I will not argue about finance, I will not argue about cold play. In the future, cold play will improve the quality of their material. They will produce numerous sound recordings for both of us to enjoy. In the future, I will adopt a healthy physical regimen. I will jog daily. I will practice calisthenics, tai chi, yoga. I will carefully monitor my sodium intake. I will avoid trans and saturated fats. In the future, I will receive compliments on my physical appearance from strangers and will be mistaken on occasion for a pop singer or minor television actor. I will receive women's phone numbers on folded slips of paper. I will graciously decline the invitations of homosexual men.
In the future, I will not betray you. I will not deceive you, will not exploit you, will not humiliate you. I will not come home at four in the morning. I will not smell of perfume, Vaseline, and daiquiris. I will not receive late night phone calls and tell you their automated messages from my credit card company. I will not haphazardly dispose of incriminating evidence. I will not haphazardly call you by another woman's name. In the future, the air will be cleaner. The water will be pristine. The fields will be fertile. The streets will be spotless. We will walk the spotless streets together, swim in the clear waters, breathe the immaculate air. You and me in the future.
歌。